0: In four weeks, the typical new user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. You're tuned to The Steve Donahue Show on CPL Radio, your one-stop daily source for Steve's take on the world of books. And now your host, the book critic who literally reads everything... Steve Donahue Greetings, fellow patrons of the Cedarburg Public Library, and welcome back to the Steve Donahue show, where we talk about bookish news, views, and reviews with impish glee. <laughs> One of our initial bits of bookish news today may seem self-evident, uh, but perhaps it bears pointing out anyway. The Steve Donahue show is in fact a kind of podcast. Thanks to the grunting, semi-guttural efforts of my producer skulking behind his various technological gadgets and doohickeys, this show goes out over the internet as a voice suspended in the air. In other words, as a podcast. Uh, This is an interesting bit of news because unlike the rest of the country, I myself don't listen to podcasts. This is partly a simple matter of logistics. It's impossible to listen to a podcast while reading a book, and most of my time is spent reading. I don't drive or go on long panting jogs, which are the prime non-reading stretches that many people fill with podcasts. Uh, But it's also partly a matter of patience because the few podcasts I've listened to have been by and large god-awful. I've heard gardening podcasts, urban legend podcasts, sailing podcasts, and even, yes, book-related podcasts. And in so many cases, they've been veritable gumbos of ums and ahs and dudes and i got to tell yas and unintelligible crosstalk. When I mentioned this recently to my producer... He said, oh, no, there's plenty of good stuff out there. To which I replied, who the hell asked you? To which he replied, well, you did. To which I replied, as I often tend to do with him, kindly remove yourself from my sight this instant. I didn't want to encourage him. One must employ a firm hand with producers. But his bleeding defense got me thinking. And so the next time I was grooming and bathing my little dog, I listened to a podcast. I don't know if it was bad luck or lousy odds, but the experience, which lasted less than 40 minutes, left me baffled, dispirited, and itchily irritated. (laughs) It was a podcast called So Many Damn Books, hosted by two men named Christopher and Drew, and the episode in question was called Reading Snapshot Redux. As is the podcast way, the episode wandered a bit, and it did have a kind of main point, reiterated by its hosts a few times. After one host had strongly recommended a book because he really enjoyed the first 50 pages, and after the other host talked about how much he'd skipped and fast-forwarded through what I assume is an audiobook of Samuel Delaney's science fiction masterpiece, Dahlgren, they came together in a soft-voiced call for their listeners to trust their reading instincts, to regain their trust in their own reading taste. If you mindlessly follow the great books lists or the literary canon, they said, If you indulge in that kind of, quote, weird cultural elitism, then quote, your brain gets turned off from your own pop culture barometer. Uh, As one of the hosts put it, quote, I think the lists and canon are really bad for casual readers. The subject has currency at the moment for an obvious reason. In the US, a greater number of people are out of work and loaded with free time than has been true in 90 years. Many of those people have always said, if I just had a lot of open time, I'd finally buckle down and read the great books I keep putting off. Like the hosts of so many damn books say, it's the if-not-now-then-when syndrome. Our hosts regret this kind of thinking. They want people to to get back in touch with their own instincts for what they do and don't want to read. One host compared it to the experience of watching a string of movie trailers. Each of us instantly knows which of those movies is probably for us. The uh, obvious objection here is that books aren't movies, much less movie trailers. Books are long-form experiences of concentration and transformation. But the more I listened, the more I thought about a different, slightly deeper objection. The hosts firmly assert that any time spent off your phone, any time spent away from the instant gratification culture of the 21st century is good. But they're inadvertently elevating that same reaction by comparing the world's most complex literature to movie trailers, aren't they? Uh, They wish that people could have the confidence to look at a book, even or maybe especially a canonical book, and promptly say, nope, that's not for me. But that itself is, is an instant gratification mind frame. The problem with it is simple. It omits complexity. It turns its face against even the possibility that a great book might be great for actual reasons, and that some of those reasons might not be immediately obvious. One of these hosts was willing to recommend a book after having read only 50 pages of it. Another was willing to wax rhapsodically about a book in the same breath that he admitted to skipping and fast-forwarding through it. They're entirely right to criticize reading for duty or status. You should, of course, always read for pleasure. But the literary canon isn't some kind of imperial decree. Seen properly, it's really the longest chain of generation-to-generation book recommendations in existence. Most of the books in the canon, in any era's canon, earned their place not through blind cultural pats on the back, but in the best possible way, by being damn good reading. But most of them also require considerably more effort than the snap judgment you make when you watch a two-minute movie trailer. Your immediate reaction to the Aeneid, or the Canterbury Tales, might be a knee-jerk, that's not for me. And it might even be true. But maybe only because those books need to rewire you a bit first before you can enjoy them. That process of rewiring can take time, and it can be uncomfortable, often specifically because it isn't instinctual. And in addition to grumbling all this while I was scrubbing my schnauzer, I also had to worry that so many damn books might be reaching an enormous audience. I have no idea whether there are big names in the literary podcast industry or not. And maybe they've convinced that audience that the literary canon is just one big block of snobbery That if it tries to teach them something, or is impatient with what they already know they like, it should be dumped wholesale in favor of whatever appeals to their instincts. That audience should be reminded that instincts aren't infallible, and that all personal tastes are products of teaching, just like everything else. And because I only wash my dog so many times a month, I have no idea if Christopher and Drew have revisited the subject and clarified those things for their listeners. But my listeners should remember that people, especially readers, sometimes have to learn to like things, and often the things that require that effort pay it back a thousandfold. Uh, And on that note, I think it's only fitting to round out this episode with some recommendations from that very canon that took such a scuffing on so many damn books. I'll just mention a few this time around so we don't take all day. First, there's the histories of Herodotus, dating from 2,500 years ago. Herodotus wrote his book as a way of investigating the long cultural histories that led to the Greco-Persian wars that overshadowed his own time. But his history reads like no such investigation would read today. Instead, it's wonderfully digressive and colorful, animated throughout by the author's own warm presence. He's smart and he's skeptical about his sources, but he's endlessly curious and has a flawless ear for the good story. He takes some preparation. He's not a movie trailer. But 30 minutes reading up on ancient Greece or ancient Persia will set you up just fine to dive into the histories and have a blast watching Herodotus invent an entire genre from scratch. And from him we can move on to a book Herodotus would have loved, The Prince by Niccolò Machiavelli. This was the exiled Florentine politician's 1515 manual of advice on the most effective ways a prince should go about ruling his domain. And although the book has been appropriated and misunderstood, by two or three generations of a-hole business drones, it's an utterly fascinating reading experience when encountered on its own terms. It asks evergreen questions about the foundations on which real power and real morality rest, and just like Erodotus, it asks those questions with a very personal voice all its own. And if we're talking about inquiries into the foundations of power and morality, we can finish up our canonical recommendations with a plug for Nathaniel Hawthorne's The Scarlet Letter which is foisted on unsuspecting high school students all across the country every year because it's part of that bug-boo literary canon. After a notoriously weird and off-putting first chapter, uh, the book tells the moving story of Hester Prynne, a beautiful young 17th-century Boston woman who's shamed and outcast from her community because she refuses to name the father of her little child. The book is suffused with almost surreal levels of guilt. And nobility, and shame, and shining above all, love. It is immersive and transformative in ways a movie trailer couldn't hope to duplicate. Although uh, the less said about a certain movie adaptation of the book, the better. <laughs> uh, and that's how we'll end this episode of the Steve Jonahu Show, fellow Cedarburg patrons, with a defense of the literary canon that in no way contradicts your freedom to read whatever books you like. And maybe with a call for you to add one particular podcast to your roster of ums and ahs and dudes. And I trust you know which podcast that is. Uh, uh, My producer is holding up a sign saying, Car Chat? Is it Car Chat? So clearly I need to have a short, sharp word with him. I'll go do that now, and until we talk again, I wish you all good reading (laughs) The Steve Donahue Show is a production of CPL Radio, a service of the Cedarburg Public Library located in Cedarburg, Wisconsin. WarbyParker.com slash covered. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend.